0: There's one other bit of information I wanna share with you. Yesterday, we finished the rummage sale and uh, Sandy texted me the final total, $1,031.96. I read from Malachi 3 verses 8 through 12. Will anyone rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how are we robbing you? In your tithes and your offerings. You are cursed with a curse. For you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And thus put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you an overflowing blessing. I will rebuke the locust for you so that it will not destroy the produce of your soil, and your vine in the field shall not be barren, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will count you happy, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. I ask, how can we rob God? Isn't God all-powerful? How can a human being possibly rise up against the Almighty and forcibly take anything from God? We'll come back to those answers a bit later. But first, let us lay the groundwork. Deuteronomy 26 tells us about giving an offering to God. The offering was a tithe. When an in- Israelite brought his tithe to the temple, he was to declare to the priest the history of his people. He was to say that his ancestor was a wandering Armin, Armin, uh, Arminian and a stranger in the land of Egypt. He was oppressed and enslaved. He was to say that God by his mighty hand had brought his father out of Egypt into a land of milk and honey. And the Israelite was to say, Behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land, which you, O Lord, have given me. And there before the Lord he was to worship out of gratitude, celebrating God's great abundance the tenth itself as concrete proof of God's grace. The Israelite was essentially bringing his tithe to the temple to set it down and say, look, see what God has given me. The next command is this. You shall rejoice in every good thing which the Lord your God has given to you and to your house. The Levite the stranger that is among you. The giving was not meant to be dutiful or somber. It was a celebration, a rejoicing in the gifts of God, and a sharing of that gift with those who needed it. The tenth was to be given to the Levites, foreigners, orphans, and widows. Those all are all people who did not have the capacity to provide for their own needs. So the tithe was meant to be a reminder or remembrance of the past works of God, especially the deliverance from Egypt. It was also meant to be a current declaration of God's material blessings. All these things refer to the character, the power of God, Now, back to the original question. How can anyone rob God? God says through the prophet Malachi that they are not bringing the full tithe to him. Then God challenges the people to challenge him to open the windows of heaven to pour down overflowing blessings. Some radio and TV preachers have jumped on that statement to mean that if you tithe to God, he will make you rich. Too often, it's the radio or TV preacher that gets rich. I want to talk about the tithe. What is a tithe? A tenth or 10%? A tenth of what? In biblical times... It was either money or crops, but most usually crops. Today it is based on our income. There are different ways of figuring income. Gross income, take home pay, other kinds of income such as investments and inheritance. And those of you who have been in financial occupations know of more ways that you can get income. Some people tithe on the income before taxes and other deductions are taken out. Others figure it based upon the take-home pay that is after taxes and deductions are taken out. People who own and operate small businesses cannot tithe on the gross receipts because sometimes their margin is not more than 10%. Let me say this. I think the basis upon which you figure the tithe is not the most important thing. The last I heard, the average giving of disciples of Christ is between two and a half and three percent. Most church boards would have to meet oftener than we do to distribute wisely the offerings if their people tithed on any of these suggested ways. What about the overflowing blessing? First, let me say what it is not. It is not a promise to make anyone rich. But there are blessings. If everyone tithes as every Israelite was expected to do, the storehouse would indeed be full to help the needy, to support the temple, priests, and Levites. One blessing is that those who tithe manage their income better and find that they have more money to do the things they need to and the things they want to. We should not overlook the blessing one receives in giving. Tithers tend to give of their resources joyfully. They tend to research the causes which they intend to share and then find it a joy to help that cause. Now let's think about how to become a tither. Many people began tithing at an early age, but others did not grow up in a tithing family. People who put a dollar or two in the plate every time they attend church feel that jumping to 10% is impossible, and that feeling is honest with them. So my suggestion is to become a tithe, for them to become a tither gradually. Figure the percent. Uh, You have given in 2018, then raise it a percent or a half a percent for 2019. Then increase it a little more each year until you reach your goal. It may be so much fun that you don't want to stop at 10%. Two people in my Bible study class this morning said, you didn't mention one good way to do it, and that's just jump in with 10% and have faith that God will let it happen. Well, they said it did. With your permission, I will share my journey in tithing. I was born into a tithing family. My parents were tenant farmers, until they established a small business, and that was when I went to elementary school. My father had to work off the farm to make ends meet. One year, there was a crop failure, and my father borrowed money from the bank to pay their pledge to the church because the pledge was based on a tithe of their anticipated income. My first experience in tithing was related to feeding a young bull my father was planning to sell. It was not safe for me to enter the pen with that bull. So I poured the feed over the fence into the feed bunk. When the young bull was sold, my father gave me 10 silver dollars. Uh, We called them cartwheels back then. The next Sunday, everyone in our small church heard a silver dollar hit the offering plate. And the sound was not by accident. (laughs) By the way, I still have one of those ten (laughs) socked away. Dorothy joined our family my second year uh, in seminary. I was serving a very small congregation a hundred miles from where we lived, and by the way, we had an evening service too, and was being paid 20 dollars a week. This was back in the late '50s. We both had part-time jobs on the campus and we put a $20 bill in the offering plate each Sunday. Strangely enough, that $20 we were paid had the same serial number as the one we put in the plate. But when we went to our first church, we decided to tithe on our take-home pay. Eventually, we decided to tithe on the gross income before taxes. I suspect that if I ever do retire, we'll probably go back to the take home pay base. I close with the words from Malachi 310 again. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house, and thus put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you an offering overflowing blessing. Amen.